We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the NBA front office show, starting a new week of NBA action. Happy Monday. Got a lot to dive into today. As always, I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA, joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, how are you doing? Uh, ready to start a, a new week? Are you coming into it with some some gusto or, or are we, we dragging today? No, I'm good. I'm ready to go. I had a... Uh... Productive weekend, productive morning uh, already as, as we're taping Monday afternoon. And uh, everything's good. We're one month from today is the trade deadline. So right. we're, we're getting down to it. We've got some some trade rumors heating up that we're going to get into here in a little bit. So, yeah, everything's good. It is the season. It's an exciting time. And, uh, yeah, let's dive into it. Let's start. I guess let's get some of the bad news out of the way first here. Uh, Kevin Durant was revealed this morning to have suffered an MCL injury going to be reevaluated a couple of weeks but this could cost him uh, multiple weeks here at least um there is some optimism out there that's not going to be like a month long thing but nonetheless this is a, this is a tough blow for a nets team that's been red hot they've been been really shooting up the eastern conference currently the 2 seed um uh, tough timing they do i checked ahead on their schedule they do have you know some winnable matchups i believe they have the spurs they have OKC even without KD, so maybe that's a, a positive for them, but still also have some tough ones. For example, the big showdown with your Boston Celtics. Uh, no Kevin Durant for that one, obviously. Yeah, it's it's a little bit better for the Nets this time around. You've got Kyrie fully there. You can play, get with him on the court and feel good about that. Uh, but yeah, it's still a huge loss. I mean, this guy is arguably you know in the MVP mix. He's been one of the best players in the league uh, this season. And I was watching live when it happened. Didn't look didn't look horrible, but also mm. didn't look great. He tried to stay in for a couple plays and then just could, couldn't do it, couldn't really move right, and then he came off the floor. In that same game against Miami, Tyler Hero got hurt right on the very last play of the game, but he said he was fine just to tweak something as he slipped on a wet spot on the floor, and uh, he said he was okay. But, yeah, just, just a tough blow for, for the Nets with, with KD, so they're, they're going to have to kind of uh, figure it out to get through it here over the next uh, – at least two weeks we know for sure uh the the, the pup is uh chiming in here uh so yeah at least the next two weeks for sure we know he's out and then we'll see uh where it goes from there yeah yeah the the nets are gonna have to try to get by without him 
Uh, not easy, but again, currently, when we'll see where they're at when, when uh, Kevin Durant comes back. But as of right now, the Nets are sitting as the two seed in the Eastern Conference, one game back of the one seed, which is the Boston Celtics. They're the Nets' next game, so they've got some time off here, isn't coming up until the 12th, and that'll be against your Celtics. And obviously, no Kevin Durant for that matchup. So tough blow for them. Yeah, they're, they're just in to give a little more. Uh -huh. I know you, they're their game behind Boston, but they're a game and a half up on both Milwaukee and Cleveland, two and yeah. a half up on Philadelphia. So this stretches into a month. We could come back with the Nets, who I think they've won 18 of their last 20 games. Uh -huh. uh, we, we could come back to them uh, you know, being down in the fourth, fifth place range, uh, potentially if they, they can't really you know, kind of stay at this level just because we expect Milwaukee, Cleveland, Philly to keep keep winning here eventually the bucks are going to turn it around they're, they're they're going through it a little bit right mm -hmm. now but yeah definitely some some standings watch going on here with uh with the nets for sure particularly a game to keep an eye on wednesday the 25th the nets play the 76ers mm -hmm. assuming kevin durant is not back for that that could be a, a difference maker in terms of the the eastern conference standings as well um after yeah. the nets get back from a, a west coast swing so all right, let's move on. Some positive news. Uh, just got this. Anthony Davis is going to start ramping up when the Lakers return from Denver, which is where they are at this evening. Uh, Anthony Davis will start ramping up for a return. Uh, he's going to do some aquatic activities, some anti-gravity stuff and things like that that's going to take the weight off of his foot as it heals. So he's turning into a superhero is what, what I'm hearing. Aquatic yeah, ac activities, anti-gravity. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, let's go. Put him in the he, Iron Man suit. He's going to be communicating with the fish. <laughs> yep. um, he's going to get sharks and things like that on, on his side. And then he's going to go flying through the air using the anti-gravity part and uh, – and yeah, then, then off we go. Uh, we, we can take another step towards forming the Avengers or, or the Justice League, <laughs> if you will. But uh, but he's going to start ramping up. And the Lakers, according to Dave McMenamin, are optimistic that once he starts ramping up, he'll be back in, in a couple of weeks and he'll be back in the lineup. So that could put him back uh, some, somewhere around that, you know, January 24th, 25th, somewhere in that range. Um, perhaps back for the matchup on the road to start the road trip against your, your Celtics. We'll see. Uh, where that ultimately lands him. But good news for a player that the Lakers certainly need back as soon as possible. Yeah, big time. I, I think a couple of people saw this report and thought he was ramping up to to return, like to return this week. Right. And it's no, it's this week he's starting ramping up to a return. So yeah, pro probably my guess is probably a week, week, 10 days. You know, it'll take him to to get ready, and that's that's starting at some point later this week. So probably yeah, sometime within the next two weeks is yeah. is one when I would assume we'll we'll see him play, and that's that's huge. I mean, more more than kept their head above water while he's been out. They've they they're playing really well, five in a row. Uh, they're right in that mix now. Unfortunately for the Lakers, the Timberwolves started winning at mm -hmm. basically the exact same time, but. Portland's on a little bit of a slide. Utah's on a major slide over their last 10 to 20 games or so. They, they've really kind of uh, dropped into where I think we all thought they might be at the beginning of the year. But then you got a couple other teams like Phoenix is not playing very well. They've lost six straight. They, they're under 500. So it's it's right there for the Lakers to you know be, be in the mix for, for the stretch run. How crazy is the, the West right now when you look at the standings yeah. and, you, and you see that the Lakers are the 11th seed and somehow they are one game back of the sixth seed. Yeah, yeah, that's it's, insane. it's crazy. Yeah, that's yeah, in only two games back of the fifth seed. Yep. So 
Yeah, it's uh, it's super compact. Let, let me ask you this question. I get asked this yeah. question on a radio uh, show this week. Top of the East or top of the West? What do you what do you think is better? Uh, I'm gonna say top of the East. I think that's where I was too. Yeah, I think I, the depth of the West is is better. Correct, because um, it's really one through ten, eleven, and the records the show that. Yeah, but I, I think top of the East. I think you know, Boston, Milwaukee, Brooklyn. Those might maybe be the three best teams in the league. Yeah, I think when you look at the West, one of the things you have to factor in is with the depth of the West, they're kind of it. It kind of cannibalizes itself mm -hmm. because there's you don't get. You know, if you're in the East, you get, okay, you get Detroit, you get the Hornets, you get the Magic, you get the Wizards aren't playing well, the Hawks haven't been playing great lately, the Raptors not been playing well. You know, you get more winnable games on your schedule when you're playing in the East right now, but I'm in agreement. I think the top of the East still, even with that factored in, has just been playing at uh, a smidge higher level than anybody that we've seen in the Western Conference. I mean, you look in the West, and I don't think there's a, you know, Denver and the Grizzlies are, are tied for the one seed right now, essentially. They have the exact same record. And I, I don't think anybody's looking at either of those teams and saying, oh, that's that's a dominant championship level team that nobody can contend with. They're very good teams and it wouldn't shock me if either of them, either of them came out of the West, but they're not so good that anybody is saying clearly that's the best team in the Western Conference. Yeah, absolutely. And we're, we're, we're on the same page with that. I also I think it's really crazy that this year we may not see a team uh, win 60 games. And there's a good chance we may not see a team lose 60. Mm -hmm. Losing 60 is probably a little more likely because I think we're going to see a handful of teams really uh, uh, tank off here to make sure they're getting that bottom three in those flattened lottery odds uh, to make sure that's where they land that down the stretch. But, but yeah, it's uh, this has been just one of those years where it is as wide open as I can remember it. Even mm -hmm. the last couple of years when it felt kind of wide open, you still felt like Milwaukee and Phoenix a couple of years ago, uh, Phoenix last year going, at least going into the playoffs, Golden State felt like they were going to have some say. Boston, Milwaukee, Miami. This year, it just feels like I mean, you could still at this point get eight, ten teams and be like, yeah, I could see it, you know, as long as health and the right matchups and all that stuff through the postseason, which should should make for a really fun uh, trade deadline and then fun, uh, you know, stretch run of the regular season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It definitely should. Um, we also got a bit from, from Dave McMenamin on Brian Windhorst's pod podcast, The Hoop Collective. Um, reiterated that the Lakers are indeed open to moving their first round picks in the right deal. Now you can question what is the right deal, certainly, but it, there was a little bit of that kind of buzz out there that, well, the Lakers just aren't going to move their picks, period. I, I wonder if that is more a response to the market where every team that has any player that's remotely available is demanding the world for them right now because it is a seller's market at the moment. If it's a little bit of, well, we don't want to trade anybody any picks anyway right now. So, you know, if it's a little bit of a pushback there, and now McMenamin is kind of confirming, like, hey, yeah, they'll they'll do it, but it's got to be the the right move for them. I wonder if that's more market related than anything else. Yeah, I think it's also the time of year where there's smoke screens and lying mm -hmm. going on everywhere, right? Like no one is is being completely truthful. There, there was you know a report that the Raptors are super active, and that was followed by another report of uh, Toronto's not really looking to do anything big. And it's <laughs> like, all right, well, so somebody somebody got bad intel somewhere and on that, and yeah, you know, we'll we'll ultimately see. But yeah, I think. As we've said all along, you got to be super smart if you're the Lakers with being willing to trade, you know, either one of these picks. We don't need to repeat a ton of it just because 
you're just going to be smart and make sure it really is not only the right move for the rest of this season, but is it going to be what you're willing to sacrifice having cap space for next summer? That's that's what's really becomes important. Yeah, absolutely. It's they have to figure out what's the uh, what's the trade off? What's the opportunity cost with whatever it is that they do or don't do out there on the market? And um, uh, again, uh, they know they have to get it right after you know the, the Russell Westbrook trade. He's been playing better. There's mm-hmm. no question, and, and credit to him coming off the bench and, and all of that. But you're still not getting forty-seven million dollars out of him. It's no. still uh, in, in production. It's still one of the worst trades that we've seen in terms of derailing a, a franchise. Um, they know they have to get this next one right. Whatever it is, they've got to get it right. Yeah, and they absolutely under no circumstances can you acquire another player who's under six foot four. Like that's just, <laughs> you know, I mean, I the comedy reasons and content reasons, I think it would be hilarious. But you gotta, you, know, you gotta add a little bit more wing size, I, uh, you know, on the roster. I thought that was like a prerequisite that they're you're, they're only allowed <laughs> like, to to target guys yeah. under six four. It's a guards league, Keith. Two, two to years ago, you had to be over thirty four, and then now this year it's right. to be under six four. So yeah, it's uh, you know, let's let's you know, maybe maybe somebody who's. 25 and six foot seven, you know, I, I'm not naming names. I don't know. So somebody can plug those parameters in the basketball reference and find the, the right player. But yeah, it just, it, it just kind of ma- makes me laugh. Cause I I've seen, you know, some people say, well, maybe they could do this. Maybe they could do that. I even saw somebody randomly threw out there. Um, you know, could they make a run at Chris Paul if the Suns continue oh, to struggle? And I'm like, I mean, I guess but what does that fit why (laughs) like that's yeah i'm not not sure that's the way i'd be going but yeah it's just kind of funny yeah i mean it's like the it's the opposite of the signs at disneyland you must be this tall to ride ride. you must be under this tall (laughs) to to, to play for this team yep that's like what it is to go on the ikea playground i think (laughs) (laughs) uh you mentioned the raptors a moment ago so we do have that report out there the raptors are unlikely to do a major sell-off they have been sliding in the standings uh right now sitting as the 12 seed in the eastern conference uh they are four and six in their last 10 did win their last game but still this is a team that is is certainly underperforming compared to what the the hope was coming into the season uh is this posturing or do you buy this that the raptors probably will not like truly blow this up blow this up i think it's a little bit of both i, I think it's Messiah Jerry, so I think he will take a big swing if there's one to be taken, but I don't know what that is. I don't know what that big swing to be taken is. I don't think he's just going to say, all right, let's start trading everybody just to trade them, but I, I do think he'll be active, and if it's not now, it'll be into the summertime. They're not going to just roll this same group back. They're, you know, We, we kind of were making fun there of the Lakers roster construction, the Raptors roster construction isn't any better. It's different, but it's not necessarily better. They they really only have one guard of known, and that's Fred Van Vliet. Everybody else is is basically a wing size player or a true big. And there's just not enough minutes. They they their bench groupings when they come in are very weird. It's you know they'll, they'll play sometimes three or four bigs in the same game off the bench, but that's because that's what they have. It's just a mm-hmm. whole bunch of bunch of bigs. So they they they've got to rebalance their roster. So um, I don't know if it's going to be one of those things where 
it's a huge priority in the regular season. They may look up and be like, man, we're already five, six games out of this sixth spot. Are we really going to push all that hard to get there? Let's, you know, we, we reset a little bit uh, now and then we'll finish the resetting in, in the summertime. And I know we're going to get into it, but they've got, got decisions to make with a couple guys. Gary Trent, it sounds like they're likely to move uh, you know, or open to moving. Yeah. Uh, I guess that the uh, comment from, from our buddy Mark Stein was um, he's very available. Uh, you know, is what, what I, th- I think it was regularly made available in trade talks and makes sense. He's probably going to opt out of his contract. And if Toronto's not interested in retaining him, it's best to move on. But the, the other guards are real interesting. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I mean, when you look at at Fred Van Vliet, the the extension situation with with him, I mean, I don't like there was the the report that he had turned down the extension, and then he said, "Well, it's mutual." Is it ever really mutual? Maybe, <laughs> maybe it is. And this, I don't know, but sure. uh, but Fred Van Vliet, twenty eight years old, six one guard, and he's good. I, I like Fred Van Vliet a lot, but. What do you do if you're the Raptors? You're like, how much money are you committing to Fred VanVleet? What's it going to cost to keep him? And then what what's your decision making process around that? If you say, well, where this price tag is going for him, we're not comfortable with. Yeah, and it, it's what, what the extension amount the Maxi could get in an extension right now is about 114 million over four years, mm-hmm. and that is if he opts out of his player option, signs the extension right now, he can add four years on at 114 million. That is basically 28 and a half million, right? Am, am I doing that math right? I think so yeah. um, per per season. So that turns into all right. Well, that's not bad necessarily, but just in and I get it. That's immediate sticker shock is like, whoa, nearly 30 million a year for Fred Van Vliet. You gotta look at just look at what he makes now. He makes almost 20 now. We're moving into uh years coming up where sure. you know, the cap's gonna be going up. So so but my question would be Fred Van Vliet misses time lately. He's missed a lot of time the last couple of seasons. He's a smaller guard. He's no longer the, you know, kind of 23 year old undrafted darling. He's uh, you know, moving on a little bit in his career now. But what do we got? But man, I don't even have an idea how old he is. And that's, that's bad. I mean, he's, he's, 28. 20, he's 28 right now. He'll yeah. be 29 February 25th, so, 33% from three yeah. this season, which is a career low for him on yeah. 8.8 attempts. That's a lot. No, it definitely is. So, yeah, so when you start to get to those, start putting all that together, that's where I'm like, ah, yeah, I don't necessarily feel great about almost $30 million a year, 20, $28 million. If you could get 
four years, a hundred million for Fred Van Vliet. All right. You know, pro- probably, probably stay fine and move on. I, you know, I think he's probably pretty close to the equivalent of Jalen Brunson as far as a player goes and production goes a little, little bit older, but similarly sized guys both produce at a pretty high level. So I wouldn't feel terrible about that, but yeah, I mean, I don't know that I want to lock in for four years, nearly 30 million for a guy who's going to be 29 here in just another month or so. And then uh, not playing all that great miss time. I don't know, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. It's, it's definitely one of those ones that I've got my eye on for sure. Should he, he's got a player option at the end of this season. If they can't come to terms with no extension, is he opting out? I think so. I think what he'll do is opt out. If nothing else, add a couple of years to yeah, a deal. With that, that's what I was thinking. 22.8 million, just to clarify mm-hmm. for, is his player option for next season, which is yeah. about the dollar amount we're talking here. Yeah. But you want to add, if you're a 28, 29 year old player, you want to add the longevity, the, the years onto it. And, and because we're we're grown ups and not idiots, we also know his agent will will have an idea if he's got a free agent market or not. What? Uh, you know, it's one of these teams. Yes, yeah, shocking, right? No, uh, yeah, never happened. <laughs> uh, but he, he'll have an idea by then if you know. All right, hey, you know, maybe uh, Orlando gets involved or San Antonio or one of these cap space teams is is interested in in throwing some money at Fred VanVleet. And then then if that's the case, then you know that there they go. So I'm very. Uh, very much got my eyes on this one with him. Uh, let's jump over to the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, the Cavs have some interest in Tim Hardaway Jr. Now, Tim Hardaway Jr., 19.6 million this season, but then his contract is declining, has two more years under contract, but it declines 17.9 million the season after in 2023, 2024, and then 16.2 million after that. He's 30 years old, currently going to be turning 31 in march does this make sense if you're a target for the Cavs? i know tim hardaway and most of the discussions i've had around him have been well even with the declining salary do you want that contract on the books as he's getting into his 30s and you know he's shooting 36 percent from three this season which isn't isn't terrible it's not like he's a bad player but most teams would prefer to have more flexibility but for a team like the Cavs that's ready to go try to win right now do you like this player as a as a target it i I do. I, it a lot depends on what is the cost. To there's, there's a little bit of hesitation in your voice there. <laughs> yeah, it's just he's not the knockdown shooter that I mm-hmm. think sometimes people think he he is. A couple of years ago, yeah. he was. He had a couple straight, almost forty percent three point yes. shooting seasons. Dipped big time last year in an injury filled season. This year, he's really started to shoot it well since he's gone back into the starting five. Assume he'd get just as good a looks playing with Cleveland and playing off Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell as he does with Luca. So that's you know good. He can can hold his own at the three. He's big enough to to defend most threes. So that gives him a little something there. I, I like him. It, it's where my hesitation comes in is what are you giving up to get him? Yeah. Because they're already out of first round pick. Likely that'll go this year, I believe, to the Pacers. Um, so then you turn that into, all right, so you're going to be out that pick. Am I giving up a future pick and like Karis Levert for Tim Hardaway Jr.? Eh, I don't know about that. If it was just Levert for Hardaway, like straight up, and that's the, the easiest salary match in the world because yeah. you could literally just do that, then, yeah, I'm probably all over that. If I if I could do it for less by, you know, all right, let's stack together a couple deals like Chetty Osman and maybe a couple other guys, then, all right, then I'm even more interested. But as it stands, I, I like the fit. I just I don't know that I'm going to like the cost to probably acquire him. 
he can be a bad shot maker. Mm-hmm. And that's an important thing to have. Now, you already kind of have, like Donovan Mitchell can certainly do that. Darius Garland can do that. I mean, a guy who can take and knock down a very tough shot late in a shot clock. But he's got enough other things that he can do where the mm-hmm. fit may make sense. Um, again, Good question- off-ball guy, too. Exactly. Right? Can, yeah. can play off-ball. He's you know got a lot of experience with that, playing with Luka and Dinwiddie. So that works out. So, yeah, then it becomes... I like the fit probably a bit better than I like the Karis LeVert fit, but at times Karis LeVert's kind of their bench engine for, for the Cavs, yeah. so you kind of lose that because you don't necessarily have that, but Rubio will be coming back. He can be the guy who can kind of make your bench groups run, I imagine. By the time you get to the playoffs, you're, you're going to play very few minutes without Garland and Mitchell on the floor at the same time. You'll probably always have one of the two. So, yeah, at that point, I really like the fit of Hardaway. Better, it just comes down to, all right, what am I paying? And I don't care too much about the next couple years' cost because they're going to be a pretty expensive team anyway, mm-hmm. assuming they keep everybody and then they re-sign Kevin Love to a reasonable deal and those kind of things. I just – I don't want to – I don't know that I want to give up, you know, a bunch of stuff plus draft picks and you know, leave myself with, all right, well, this is kind of what we have, and now we get to rebuild our depth. On the fly, I'm not sure I'm, I'm necessarily there for Cleveland. So what but what about the Mavs side? I mean, it's not like they've got cap space coming up this summer or anything like that. Um, they could have cap space in a couple of seasons, but this is a team that you know needs to surround Luca with talent right now. What are the Mavs doing here moving moving Tim Hardaway Jr.? What is this what does this do for them aside from potentially you free up more cap space for 2024, 2025? when you could be a buyer based on the way their, their numbers are lined up right now, you could be a buyer on the market at that point, but it's not like this, this would provide you with immediate relief. And otherwise, are you just kind of shuffling deck chairs? Like by, if you go get Karis Levert and you swap out Tim Hardaway, do you like, does that make sense for them? Yeah, probably not. My guess is that it's exactly what you called out though. It's about getting those last couple of years off your salary sheet. And then you, you kind of look at and say, all right, we've got Reggie Bullock. He has not played very for Dallas, but but he can eat up some of the Hardaway minutes. Lavert can you know kind of do his thing in there and gives us just another big uh, ball handler that we can play in lineups with Luca and you know with Dinwiddie and just you know we'll always have a creator on the floor with one of those three guys for for the rest of the season as we make our run and then yeah we clean up our books a little bit long term that that would be be my guess is you know where where they would be looking at but. Again, you gotta you have a pretty good plan because you let's say you re-sign Christian Wood. That's all right, you're gonna be probably capped out for the next couple of years. So I'm not so sure moving money off your books is you know all that paramount, especially when Hardaway has proven over the last few seasons to be a pretty good fit alongside Luca when he's healthy. Yeah, that's the other thing is what message do you send to Luca if hey you you're you're making moves to have cap space in two years? Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah, you yeah. know. He's ready to win and ready yeah, to win right now. When, when he's going into the uh, final year of his contract, right, in, in, in two seasons, or I guess three seasons, he'll be going in that final year. But, yeah, you're you're getting down to it there where it's like, hey, what are we doing here? Yeah, where, where are we going? Yeah, exactly. So uh, we'll see what ultimately the Mavs, the Mavs are kind of in a tough spot in terms of what they're doing with Luka, but that's a, a longer discussion for mm-hmm. another day. Um, let's jump to some 10-day signings. That, those are a thing now. So we're seeing yeah. some 10-day content. Let's start with the easy one. Gorgie Jang. <laughs> See you later. Welcome back. Right? It's yeah. the it's the the turnstile, right? He's right, right back in with uh, with the Spurs. Uh, but again, 10-day contracts, I, I tend to not worry too much about them because it's only a 10-day deal. 
Exactly. And the Spurs love him. So they 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 never wanted to let him go in the first place. That was just all right, someone's gotta go. My guess is they probably sat him down and said, Hey, we're gonna waive you. If nobody claims you off waivers, which was a good bet, uh, we'll we'll bring you right back. And now they'll play the 10-day game with him probably mm-hmm. for a couple of 10 days. And you know what? Honestly, for Gorgie Jang, good for him. He already got his full contract because he was fully guaranteed. Yep. Now he gets a couple other contracts on top of it. And then my guess is at some point a rest of the season contract for San Antonio. I did have some people ask, like, wait, how are they able to re-sign him? They just waived him. That's only I think people get those that that rule kind of messed up a little bit. It's only if you trade him. If you trade the player, then he's waived by the team you traded him to. You yeah. cannot re-sign him. In case where you just straight up wave the guy, yeah, you can re-sign him the next day. It happens somewhat regularly. You a couple times a year we'll see that kind of mm-hmm. thing happen. Yeah, you could do that as, as much as you wanted to, really. And mm-hmm. uh and yeah, nothing, nothing against that. Uh, Joe Wieskamp is going to land with the Toronto Raptors, who we talked about earlier. Um, what, what's he bringing there? Is there a chance that he sticks? What, what are we thinking with this? Yeah, and I will say this too because someone will call it out. Uh, we got so focused on the pronunciation, we spelled his name wrong. It's with a K. Oh, it is. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it but is. Okay. We were so focused. On, okay, <laughs> let me fix that yeah. right now. We were going through. We were talking. We were talking. Through, yeah. Pull hey. the curtain back. We were we were going over the pronunciation <laughs> ahead of the show and we were talking about how we always mess that up. That I wasn't yeah. even paying attention to how I was spelling it. It's there so you funny. go. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean Toronto. They 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 waved. Um, I think it was Justin Champagne. There's two of them. Let me make sure I have the right one. Uh, yeah, they waived Justin uh, from his deal before it became fully guaranteed. So they had a spot. Well, why not? Like I said, I mean, their roster construction's kind of messy. They don't really have, um, you know, you know, a lot of guys who are just, you know, step in and play a role, especially as a shooter. And that that's what Wieskamp does. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can come in and get, give them a little something and show them something here on this 10 day. But my guess is this is probably, you know, one or two 10 days and done and the Raptors will just keep cycling through until they make a trade. Yeah. Yep. That's, and there's going to be, they're, they're not going to be the only team that's yep. doing that as we, as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline, uh, which again, coming up February 9th, uh, PJ Dozier, also lands with the Sacramento Kings. You know, he's had some interesting moments, particularly had some, mm-hmm. some times in Denver where I looked at him and went, man, he's he's not a bad player. Now, the three-point shooting leaves something to be desired over the last couple of seasons. But, I, I mean, if you're going to take a flyer on somebody, he's an interesting one at, at 26 years old to at least give a shot to. No, yeah, absolutely. This was a guy, like you said, was really coming along in Denver, was starting to really play well and starting to really kind of earn his place in the league. And then he had a torn ACL and now he's back to kind of got to figure it out again. And he was playing for Iowa, which is uh, Minnesota's uh, G League team and looked okay there. He wasn't somebody I talked to that people were necessarily all about, but this is a guy, big guard, you know, good ball handler, but he is six foot six, uh, really play both guard spots. And if he hits shots, you know, a little bit better off the ball uh, than a lot of other guys as far as the secondary creator and those kind of things. So we'll, we'll see, you know, if he sticks in Sacramento, they, they could use a little bit more size in their backcourt. It's kind of Kevin Herter and then a bunch of guys who are smaller guards. So my guess is this is the Kings. Hey, let's get a look at this guy. Let's see you know, if he looks healthy and can bring the you know, a little bit more well-rounded game because they, they a lot of specialists um, on that team. Um, right. 
you know, then, then we can, we can feel pretty good with him moving, moving on. So we'll see my guess is again, this is let's try it, see what it looks like for a couple of weeks. And then, then we'll figure it out from there. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that, that's typical with, with yep. 10 day contracts. It's the way teams approach it. And if it works great. And if not, and not 10 days from now, we'll bring in somebody else. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. I think that's everything for for today so far. It's been a pretty eventful time. <laughs> I feel like things are starting to pick up. And it's making yeah. me a little more optimistic about your prediction from last week that in the next week and a half or so, we'd see some type of big move on the trade front in the NBA. Um, by the end of the week, yeah, feel you're going like to get one. I feel like it's coming. I feel yeah. like it's coming. Yeah. Somebody always kind of jumps in there. It's It's... Somebody asked me on Twitter today when I did the uh, the obligatory, um, you know, one month till the trade deadline. Somebody's like, "Is yeah. it weird we haven't seen like a big trade yet?" And I was like, "It is a little bit." Each of the last four seasons had a, a relatively meaningful trade happen within the first uh, week or two of the, the uh, trade season opening up in the middle of December, and we haven't had one yet. So it, I'm feeling it though. I'm thinking we're getting one in the within the week. We're going to speak it into existence. It's there it's going is. to happen. Ideally, it's going to happen while we're recording the show. <laughs> that'd be great. So that would be fantastic. That would yeah. be that would be a lot of fun. But can, can get our little drop back. That's right. That's trees, right. Yeah. I can't wait. I've got it loaded and ready. We just <laughs> we just need that news to to drop. So come on, let's let's get yeah, the Woj bomb or the Shams. Yeah. And not two minutes after we shut down and we. Oh, both that's the worst. With our, with our day, that's like that, that. That's how it's probably actually going to go. Is it'll either come then or when we're both uh, headed off to do school pickup especially when it's something that you already covered so like for today yeah if it, if like suddenly the raptors we've got raptors unlikely to do a major sell-off like 20 minutes from now the raptors trade pascal siakam or something yeah. like that you know right. what i mean like that it's <laughs> when, when it, yeah big chunk of the show can just get thrown away yep yeah. exactly yep. exactly yep. hopefully i didn't just speak that into existence but <laughs> in well, any if event, so we'll be hopping right back on the mics uh at some point today to, that's to right break it down that's right. We will be here covering it for everybody. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA front office YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications as well. And of course, go check out the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.